And welcome to the Fanboy Garage. I'm Chris Lasanti, joined by my co-host Aaron Varola. Hey y'all, what's going on? Yeehaw! Pow pow! Wow, a whole <laughs> yeah. series of events right there. Yeah. Well, so you know, Aaron, the universe loves us because today, on the day that we're actually recording this show, which is Tuesday, uh, the fifteenth, fifteenth, mm-hmm. uh, the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer dropped. Yes, it did. Uh, yeah, and that is uh, very exciting. So we have a lot to talk about. Now, I got to tell you, I uh, I loved everything about this trailer. Yeah. I loved the, the fun. I loved the Ramones. I loved the homage to the classic Spider-Man theme. That was awesome. Yeah, I loved what looked like really great chemistry between Peter and MJ. Uh, you know, as much as you could, you know, pull out from a trailer anyway. Uh, the Ned stuff, the the stuff with Nick Fury. I just, I really just loved everything about this trailer. It to me, this was a home run. It was everything that the Captain Marvel trailers have not been for me to this point. Uh, and not that I really needed to be sold on Spider Man Far From Home, but I'm like, I'm actually really excited for this movie now. Yeah, I mean, I think um, Homecoming was such a, a knockout success in terms of you know. It's the third time or the third Spider-Man we've had in, you know, 15 years or so. And, um, you know, considering the success of Homecoming, I mean, it, you, people get a little suspect when you've got a sequel, right? Is, is you going to be able to capture that magic again? And the trailer seems to do that, right? And um, I think the most intriguing thing to me was was Mysterio. Uh you know, they they literally took the wonkiest character <laughs> yeah. costume and translated it into film, and it looks amazing. Like it absolutely does look great. Um, and there's some interesting stuff, uh, in plot wise, that I think they're slowly unfolding. Um, we do get, you know, lots of suits. Um, you know, we get the traditional, you know, red and blue suit that we've seen from Homecoming. Um, we get the new red and black suit, you know, uh, akin to the Steve Ditko, uh, art. We've got the stealth suit. So everything looks really cool. I'm, I'm, I'm super stoked for, for far from home. And, and then it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, wow, 2019 is going to be a Marvel year. Um, there's gonna be a lot of, a lot of things happening, uh, in this last phase of, of the Marvel universe. And, um, it's it's going to be some exciting stuff in the next couple of months. And, you know, it kicks right off with, with Captain Marvel in March, um, shortly followed by uh, Avengers Endgame. And then a couple of months after that, we've got got the Spider-Man movie. So it's going to be going to be quite a quite a year for Marvel, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, and one of the things we, we don't necessarily have to get into, because I already saw the conversation starting today, which is, well, is this is this spoiling uh, Avengers Endgame and, you know, all this stuff and a lot of that going back and forth. And I don't even, I'm not going to get into that because we don't know yet. Right. And so go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, um, so Matt, Matt Veneer and I, uh, traded, uh, some, some DMS on Twitter about that. And, uh, I don't, I don't know if it's spoilery. Uh, Maybe, I'll get into it because it's it's like it's like you know reported stuff I guess. So uh, back in 2017, um, Amy Pascal was interviewed, and um, Amy Pascal, who just so people know, is she's with Sony. Right, right. Yeah. Sorry for those folks that don't know. I act like everyone's in our bubble. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for explaining that. And uh, this, so this was before Avengers Infinity War came out, and um, they had asked her, when does the next Spider-Man you know, movie, uh, when, when does it take place? And she says, like, moments after Avengers Endgame, or Avengers 4 is what she called it, because right. back then they didn't know what the name was. Yeah. So, or like mere minutes is what they're saying. So I'm kind of like, uh, that was way back when. Although she she doesn't really have any skin in the game, you know, Spider Man is her property. So I, I wonder I wonder if that's still held up. I'm sure you know things have changed um, 
to some degree, but I don't know to, to how, you know, to the severity of, you know, where they would completely change the timing of the movie. There is a line. I just, I've watched the trailer probably like three or four times. Um, and there's a line where happy is on a plane and he tells Peter, you're all alone now. So it, it, it feels like that's a little tease, but you know, the, well, these yeah. Marvel trailers lately have been so, um, uh, like smoke and mirrors because they do some really wonky stuff with like inserting scenes or fil- or like including things that were not going to be in the movie or putting in a line of dialogue that's absolutely not found in the movie that can like mislead people. So, you know, we'll find out. Yeah. And the, you're, you're not, al- you're all alone now thing could also be, I mean, that could be anything. Right. You know right, I mean? Totally. It could be a reference to, uh, you know, the fact that they're not near home, you know, that they're, uh, that it could be anything. I mean, that's again, like you said, Marvel is not, I mean, they're pretty slick with this stuff. So, yeah. I mean, they knew what they were doing when they were cutting this trailer, obviously. And, and we have to assume that in Avengers Endgame, there's going to be some timey wimey stuff happening. Right. Yeah. So, you know, we figure that a, a part of that plot of that movie is probably going to involve Dr. Strange bending time or whatever. It was teased in infinity war. So who knows where the timelines are going to be? At right. this point, I mean, you know, we talked about it, I think, on the last episode, right? Where we were like, when do you think we're going to get a Spider-Man Far From Home trailer? Yeah, because, you know, coming soon. yeah, is it going to, is it going to, you know, be a spoiler? Is it going to be weird to have it come out before Infinity War? But, and mm-hmm. obviously we got our answer today, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, I have to think that Marvel knows what they're doing a little bit yeah, and that, uh, whatever, you know, we're trying to read into this is not really that big a deal. Yeah, you know, it's funny. The reaction, um, I haven't really seen many people go, you know, off the wall crazy about, oh my God, they just ruined Avengers Endgame because I'm pretty sure you're going to, people are going to see that movie regardless, right? I think, you know, at least the reactions I've seen, people are really stoked for this and and everyone has a right to be. It looks, it looks like a phenomenal movie. Again, you know, um, the humor is there. That sort of John Hughes vibe is still very much alive in the film. And again, you know, Mysterio coming to life on the on the big screen is is amazing. Like that, yes. I think that's so cool. And he's got kind of like this Doctor Strange ish thing going on. And um, and even one of the characters calls it. It's like, oh, it's like as if Iron Man mashed up with Thor. It's like, yeah, it's pretty cool. I like yeah, it. I dig it. Uh, I... So you know, it's cool. And Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, you know, he's so, you know, if I was to like interpret the the trailer based on what we've seen thus far, it seems like Mysterio is and we, we know the character and we know he's a villain, but it looks like he's creating these elemental uh, things. Yes. Or these villains. And um, so he can make himself out to be the hero. Right. Um, which is really cool. And I think That's I read a, something a, about that, too, where he was originally going to kind of that was the goal right he was gonna seem like a, a hero or an anti-hero in the beginning right and it would lead to you know him being the villain right. yeah i agree i thought it looked really cool and and somebody actually and i i apologize to whoever it was because i don't remember now who it was but somebody on twitter mentioned the idea of eventually having like um michael keaton's vulture meet jake gyllenhaal's mysterio and be you know the beginnings of like the Sinister Six in the oh, yeah, and my some, head almost uh, was, exploded. I think it was, was it Brett? I, it might have been. I, whoever it was, it was like I was like, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, that that needs to be a thing. I mean, we and and I didn't mention this in the very beginning, and I should have. But in case anybody uh, was wondering, we appeared on the latest episode of the Revengers podcast. So when we were on the Revengers podcast, we talked about, or I talked about, how you know Marvel had a big year. Uh, last year with introducing Black Panther, right? Because they're going to mm-hmm. need like A-list characters uh, mm-hmm. now with this new face. But And Spider-Man, though, is their A-list character, right? Yeah. He's like their actual A-list character. So it, they're going to need Spider-Man. And it's great that this trailer really, to me, came across as like, yeah, this is an A-list property. yeah, And this is something that can grow into its own thing. 
right? So, like, the idea of building towards, like, a maybe a Sinister Six movie with Spider-Man, and that's just got me really excited. And yeah. I know that that's not something I can pull out of this trailer, necessarily, but it was in my mind, because I did see it, and I, and I heard about it, and it seems like they're expanding this world of Spider-Man, and, and hopefully now he'll become, like, one of the the A-listers and doesn't need to rely on the Avengers or anything like that going forward. Yeah, you know, I, that's a good point. I mean, I think, and in some other podcasts that I've listened to, I remember folks were talking about, specifically about Aquaman, how they didn't kill Orm. Um, because they want to, you know, they want to keep it open and you know, he's, maybe he'll be a menace. And I think, you know, Spider-Man's already kind of done that, right? So, you know, with Vulture getting locked up with Scorpion and Vulture knowing the identity of, of Peter Parker and Spider-Man, all that good stuff. Uh, I think, I think it's an awesome way to kind of transition into a, a sort of Spider-Man universe. So yeah. to speak, a Spider-Verse, right. And um, really expand on his rogues gallery and, and give him a real challenge. I think the other cool thing is that as we're moving along in time, we're getting to see a Peter Parker mature and really evolve himself into you know, full, full fledged adult Spider-Man. Yeah. And that's, that's really cool to see. And, um, you know, you, you kind of get a little bit of that confidence at air, air in, in, in Peter and the way that Tom Holland is pulling it off. Um, you know, at some point they're going to need to kind of scrap the, the supporting characters like the Nick Furies and the whole, you know, happy Hogan's and the, all of that and kind of give him his, his, uh, you know, give Spider-Man the ability to kind of stand on his own. Um, and I think we're going to get there for sure. Which but, I think they'll yeah. do. And, and we don't know, again, just based on this trailer, I mean, we don't really know how much those characters are in this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, for all we know, that could be Happy Hogan's one moment in this movie. Uh, true. You know, and Nick Fury, we don't know the, the you know the role that he necessarily plays because I don't even know that at this point Nick Fury has that cachet, you know, where he's like, like people like, oh my God, Nick Fury is going to be in this. We got to yeah. go see this. So, cause he's been kind of out of the mix for a while. Um, so uh, yeah, he's, gonna have a, he's also going to have a big year. Yes, he is. Uh, yeah. Separate, well, Samuel L. Jackson, number one, but, um, but Nick Fury, you know I mean? Nick Fury is going to be very present in Captain Marvel. Yep. Um, who knows what kind of role he'll play in Avengers Endgame, but, and we know that he's going to have some sort of sure. presence in far from home. So, you know, I think it's I think it's cool because like uh Nick Fury set up the Avengers initiative way back in 20 uh 2008 with the first Iron Man it's really cool to see him kind of pass the torch and and to pull in some of these new characters yeah. so um you know uh 2019 I'm excited for it man already it's going to be it's going to be really good um I I hope and uh but but this trailer for sure has gotten me oof. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm like really, really excited. I am it. too. And, and for, so just to, to focus on your point as far as 2019 for Marvel, I mean, I think it's an interesting year for both Marvel and DC mm. for different reasons. So Marvel, with the exception of Captain Marvel, right, which is a, a new property, right, that they're introducing to everybody. Right. I mean, they have Avengers Endgame, which is a no brainer, right? And they have Spider-Man Far From Home, which is basically a no brainer, right? Right. Uh, whereas with DC, you know, they have Shazam and they have the Joker movie, which both now, you know, they could go either way, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's great buzz for both movies and, and I'm excited for both of them, but you, you never know. They're still unknown as far as these versions of these characters. Right. And you have Wonder Woman, which is a known property and is going to right. be great. So we're not worried about that. So it's kind of the opposite, right, of what Marvel has going on, where they have the one unknown property, and then they have the two kind of no-brainer properties for this year. So I I think potentially it could be a gigantic year for both studios, uh, and hopefully that's the case. But uh, yeah, Marvel certainly set themselves up pretty nicely. I mean, they they had a great year last year, considering they made $4 billion on three movies. Right. Um, But... uh, well, and the thing is, though, um, Wonder Woman uh, isn't 2019. Oh, that's right. They moved. They, they moved now. it to 2020. That's right. So, um, which like I'm kind of like a little annoyed ooh. about that now. I, it's kind of actually now that I think about it, I'm yeah. like, ooh, 
I don't know what the game plan was there. I mean, you're coming hot off the presses with Aquaman. Um, but I, I get it. You know, they kind of want to space it out. And um, and this Joker movie is going to be, uh, you know, a horse of a different color. So it's a risk. Uh, it you know it it's something it's something different because um, it's it's the, the, a very deliberate step out of you know the characters and sort of like the the lore and all of that that's been built uh, around you know characters as prominent as the Joker so it's it's going to be different yeah and that that kind of gets me excited about it it's almost a little nervous about it but. I'm more, you know, I'm more on the excited side because he's an amazing actor. Um, and, and from what we've seen thus far in terms of like behind the scenes stuff, it looks like a really intriguing film. So, um, you know, Shazam, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I see, I, I know a lot of people that are excited about Shazam and I'm looking forward to it myself, but um, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm going to see it. <laughs> well, I know. Yeah. And you, you have, I, I get it. You, you know, you're, um, you, you're very reluctant to get too excited about these things and for yeah, your own, I mean, you know, legitimate I, reasons. Um, yep. but I, I do know that there are, you know, people are pumped up about this. Um, they should be, and they it, should I mean, be. It's different. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a very different film, you know, uh, superhero film. And it might it might stretch a little bit of it stretch into a little bit of the um you know sort of wonky um fun film with a with you know some weight behind it but uh, you know I'm sure people are gonna have a great time. Yeah, with, with I, sure. I mean you mentioned that you know the John Hughes stuff with Spider Man and and Spider Man Homecoming was kind of sold as like if John Hughes had made a super a Spider Man movie and although I got to be honest with you, I picked up more of the John Hughes vibe from this far from home trailer than I did from anything in homecoming even though mm. we heard that John Hughes name mentioned a lot as the inspiration for right, a lot of homecoming right. and and with Shazam you have it you know people keep saying it's big meets like you know a superhero movie and that's the comparison you keep hearing a lot so we'll right. see if that actually comes true because it it sounds like a really cool concept and you know from the marketing it looks like that might be where they're going but it wouldn't surprise me if it's not exactly that you know if it's not as much as like big meets a superhero as as they're trying to sell it as yeah and you know the trailer for that movie drops soon (laughs) yeah like the 19th i think i've heard yeah that's what they're saying the 19th that's saturday right that's weird yeah so, I what's happening on Saturday. By the next episode, uh, we'll have seen that trailer. Yeah. Which will be great. Um, yeah, so I mean, t- you know, 2019 will be good um, for both. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, so Shazam uh, drops in April. Uh, end of April, I think. And, uh, and then Joker... Sometime in the fall, I it's think. August or something, or is it? September? Yeah, I think it might, it might be like October, November, maybe. Is it that late in the year? I, let me you know, let me check. Wow. Um. Yeah, it's. I mean, look, I get why they moved the Wonder Woman to twenty twenty because, and you know, it's hard to argue they they took a a risk, I guess you could say, by you know last year by having Aquaman be their only release and having it come out in December, as opposed mm-hmm. to the original July date. And that worked for them, clearly. Uh, people, you know, the movie's done over a billion dollars and people uh, were excited for it and were ready for it. So maybe they're, you know, sticking to their formula. Don't oversaturate right now. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you know Wonder Woman's going to be successful. You're only going to build more anticipation for it uh, by holding it off. And, uh, and you know, who knows what their slate's going to look like for 2020. So they may need Wonder Woman to be gigantic in 2020 because it might be their only you know, major thing going on. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Joker comes out, uh, October 4th, October 4th. Okay. So yeah. there you go. I mean, you know, the thing about the thing about wonder woman, uh, that's really smart is that at this point, um, the only film within the current sort of MCU franchise that could be competition, but likely not because they won't put it head to head is black Panther two. And there's nothing really moving on that front. 
uh, no. other than to say that Ryan Coogler is on board again. I mean, so, yeah, you we you have to assume that we'll know, you know, very quickly whether that's going to be coming out in 2020, mm-hmm, right? Because mm-hmm. they would have to start shooting relatively soon, I would think, right? If they wanted to come out it, early right. 2020. Um, uh, who knows? I mean, but but again, I think this is going to be the first time in a long time where we, we don't have really any clear runway or or insight into what the new MCU slate will be. Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to have to wait until after Endgame for a lot of that. Yeah. You know, I think that, and there, I think there's a reason for that. So yeah. I think we'll have a better idea after Endgame uh, what their slate is going to be like going forward. I mean, we could guess that, yeah, Black Panther is going to be a part of it. And they still say they're going to make a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, um, you know, even without James Gunn. And, you know, we know that, um, well, who knows? I mean, if Captain Marvel's a success, then there'll be another one of those. Uh, I'm assuming yeah, they're going to keep Doctor making Strange. Spider-Man movies. Right. You figure Doctor Strange would be ripe for a sequel now since he was much cooler in Infinity War than he was in right. his own movie. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there there's a lot out there. We don't know what's... Is there going to be another Thor movie? Um, you know, what's... Le- and there's that Black Widow movie. You know, what's going to be left of that original right. core group of Avengers to, you know, to keep going on with those. So, yeah, I think we'll have a better idea. Once yeah, and, and you know, um, shortly after the release of Homecoming in August, you've got D23 Expo, which is Disney's, you know, sort of major two-year, every two-year convention. Yeah. Um, I expect there to be, you know, the announcements to, to happen there, which would be cool. So. Yeah, and that would make a lot of sense. That, make, that makes total sense. And then you also have Star Wars Celebration out in Chicago. Uh, before that, so I wouldn't expect much Star Wars news to come at D23. Uh, they'll save it for a celebration. So uh, D23 would be a great place to, you know, unveil the the new the new slate of you know MCU films, and I'm sure that'll likely happen. Maybe we'll have X Men in there. Well, that's the <laughs> other thing too. Is you know who knows what's going to happen now with those characters? Right. You know, I mean that deal is still being finalized. You know, and and I'm assuming there's a lot of red tape, you know, that's involved in that before they can actually say, yes, we have these characters and we're going to do this and this and this with them. Um, So that's the other factor. I mean, how are the the X-Men and and whatever comes with the X-Men property and Fantastic Four, you know, how are they going to factor in and Deadpool and all of that stuff? Like, how is that going to factor in? Yeah. I I read something that... um... That it might get the earliest it could likely close um, will be in March. Okay. So, I mean, that's that's pretty huge. I mean, there's a lot there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that can happen between now and then. Um, I don't think, and you know, I don't think they're going to be filming any stringers or anything like that. But who knows? They might. I mean, they turn around stuff pretty quick these days in terms of, you know, quick shots. But um, I think there will be a very detailed and, and specific plan in terms of how they'll roll uh, the X-Men out. I mean, I think for the X-Men, you know, sort of approaching it uh, by way of the MC, you know, the way that they've done the rest of the Marvel Universe, you know, character movies and then automatic, you know, a team up. That would be really cool to see. Um, <clears throat> but I don't necessarily think we need, you know, a solo Wolverine film, a solo Jubilee film, a solo Rogue film. You know what I no. mean? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that would just be... And I don't know that we have the time <clears throat> for that. No. Nah, you know? No. I mean, there's just... Because, you know, you got to figure... You know, the MC, you have all of your characters now, for the most part. Yeah. And... I just, I don't, yeah, we don't need to see that. I'm not now. I mean, maybe if, if and when they get X-Men movies up and running and whatever, and somebody breaks out and becomes like a big thing, then, you know, yeah, sure. But yeah, there's no need for that. Right. Um, and who knows what they're even going to do with that? Are they even going to make X-Men movies? Or are they just going to fold those characters in? I mean, the universe is already sort of established, right? But right. the group 
so to speak, has not been established. So, um, or at least up until this point. But but who knows? Because if they're gonna fold Deadpool in, does Deadpool then become like the Joker esque type, like the way he is now? Um, where like he keep him pulls... on sort of an island unto himself. Yeah, like he kind of just. I mean, the, he references the X Men, but it's not the X Men that you're gonna see in the film. Although, right. you know, my continuity senses go crazy <laughs> off of that, but. Um, but that's an issue even now, right? With with yeah, them I mean, being under the, the same Fox umbrella, school. yeah. Right. Like but we don't, not we're not X Men that we're yeah. Familiar with. I mean, we're not sure even now how where Darede- um, Daredevil, where Deadpool fits. We're not sure where Daredevil fits mm. in at this point, but we're not sure where Deadpool fits into this whole universe in, in the Fox universe. So right. they could very easily do that. Uh I don't know. I mean, I think we don't know. We can't assume that they're automatically just going to pick up these properties and just take them from where they were. Right? I mean, you, you do mean we know? continue them? Well, yeah. Like, I mean, are they? is it a guarantee that they're going to keep making Deadpool movies? No. I mean, I did hear, uh, and Mario talked about this a little bit on the uh, anniversary episode, but, uh, you know, Bob, Bob Iger is, you know, content with keeping Deadpool intact as is. Uh, which means then that all plans to make an X-Force film, you know, would likely be intact. So I don't, you know, I don't mind those things kind of living in their own bubble or universe. I think, though, when it comes to the actual, you know, laying the foundation for an MCU X-Men film, there there has to be some, some sort of shift in that. I don't think they should continue. With what we've already been... No, I, I don't expect them to. But but even with Deadpool, you know, there's been two movies already, right? Forgetting the re-release thing, that Once Upon a Deadpool thing. There's been two Deadpool movies, and I, I feel like that's not a franchise that, to me, can keep going forever. No. Like, I figure that eventually that joke gets very old and very tired. And I think you even started to see a little bit of that with Deadpool 2, as much as I like Deadpool 2. So, I, I mean, it's not like there's another, like, five Deadpool movies that they can do, right? I, I can't imagine wanting more than, like, another one, maybe, of those. Before, after a while, it's like, oh, man, yeah, I get it. Like, meta joke, yeah, we, we're all in on it. Like, after a while, I think that's going to get old. So I don't mm-hmm. even know, like, how much life there is in that. Yeah, now, if they're going to do the X-Force thing and all of that, that's fine. That'll, you know, breathe a little bit of life into it. But it's not like they're inheriting, like, this brand new property that they can just keep going with. So I think that has a limited lifespan as it is. Mm-hmm. And maybe they just kind of finish that off yeah. and then go on their merry way with it. Right. I don't. I mean, all, all, all speculative. I, who, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> no, who who knows what they're going to do? I mean, um, yeah. I, I mean, I would like to see another Deadpool movie, uh, but I agree. I think it, it it'll get old fast if they just continue to rinse and repeat. Um, but uh, you know, having having Deadpool actually lead a group of of uh, mutants or whatever, I think that would be really cool. And then you know, we forget we've got Cable who's also around. And Josh Brolin, which is a little weird too, because <laughs> that could be a problemo. Yeah, you've got you've got Josh Brolin, Cable face off against Josh Brolin, Thanos. Uh, it's a little meta, right? It's crazy. That's that's yeah, that's hardcore meta right there. <laughs> All right, it'd be cool though. Would know. it be yeah. for you? I don't know if you you might lose sleep over that. I yeah, I'm already breaking out into hives thinking about it. Um. But you know, um, I'm I'm interested to see how they how you know the um, Fox franchise, you know, X Men franchise films, kind of close the show with Phoenix and the I don't, I don't even know what to call this New Mutants film. The thing that just I don't know if I yeah you know I, I gotta... feel I kind of feel bad for that film because. Uh, I think people initially got really excited about the trailer and then it kind of disappeared into obscurity and right. it is just kind of in limbo. I mean, it does have a release date for August of this year. So hopefully it sticks, sticks it out. But I mean, I got excited for that because prior to the sale or the merger, whatever, um, 
I was in love with this idea of like a studio being able to deliver movies that were kind of set within the same universe, but that would be, they would have different feel to them, right? Different tone, right? So like, mm-hmm. especially after Logan, yeah, you know, it was like, wow, we're going to get like kind of a horror themed X-Men and then you'll have Deadpool, which is the kind of off the wall comedic. Mm-hmm. section of that universe and then you'll have the traditional films which are what they are and you'll get the and and you know that was exciting me but then once this sale merger whatever happened it just to me it like i mean the movies are still going to be what they are they may be good bad or whatever but you know the, the merger doesn't affect that but to me they're like lame duck films Right. Because I like whereas Dark Phoenix, they could now make the closure to all of this. But like New Mutants was supposed to be the beginning of something. Right. So which is we're clearly not going to get more of, you would assume. So, uh, yeah, they're just to me, everything with the X-Men this year is like a lame duck. And I'm not super excited for it. And right. I, from what I've you know read and heard about Dark Phoenix, I'm even less excited. Because I'm hearing X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah. Um, I, early word on that, and that's terrifying. But I don't... Um, I really don't have any opinions of, of X-Men Dark Phoenix other than to say, sure, it exists. Yeah. I, I'm not... I it You know, it's not really capturing my attention the way previous X-Men films have. I don't know if that is... Be- if that has a lot to do with the departure of Hugh Jackman in those films, uh, because he was definitely something I uh, gravitated towards. Although, you know, I do like McAvoy and I like, you know, Fassbender. So yeah. I just, I, I can't, you know, I, I do think part of that is, is Apocalypse. Apocalypse left a big part a, of that. Yeah. yeah it yeah. left quite a, a nasty taste in my mouth. And so I'm, I'm and it's kind of sad because I really, up until this point, really enjoyed the X-Men films and uh, they were books that I used to read all the time. So, and I used to watch the animated show religiously and by far they are, you know, one of my favorite groups of comic book heroes, but yeah, I'm just not, I'm just not feeling it. And and then, you know, the trailer for new mutants was intriguing, but um, again, it's in limbo. So I out of sight, out of mind really, you know, I mean, but do you think the 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 whole like knowing that like you know Disney's taking over that does that affect you at all, or do you just think it's a lot of it is apocalypse? Um, I'd say maybe the merger thing is like thirty percent of it, mm. but apocalypse definitely just kind of took the wind out of my sails. Yeah, I just I just didn't. It was forgettable. I, I I couldn't tell you anything that happened in that film other than I agree. Yeah, I feel the same way. It, you know, uh, Xavier finally is bald. Right. You, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, so I'm, you know, I'm, I, that, that's kind of where it's at right now. Yeah. I, I, I've seen some, some of the, uh, images and I just, I'm kind of, I don't know. I, I it's just not doing it for me. That, no, that's it. I, I don't think there's it. nothing more to say. Yeah. I mean, and there's an iconic, story right the dark phoenix saga and it'll be amazing if they go over two in telling this damn story it's yeah. one of the great comic book stories they did an amazing version of it on the animated series mm-hmm. uh and they try they've tried it now it'll be the second time that they've tried it and i mean hopefully not but it, it may be the second time that they fail with it which is hard to imagine but yeah yeah and the, and the worst part about that is that the circumstances for the first time, uh, we're kind of out of people's control, right? Like, I, f- I forgot what it was exactly that. Oh, it was Brian Singer, right? Brian Singer left. Well, there was a Lex Men, The Last Stand. I mean, yeah, Singer left. Uh, Matthew Vaughn was going to take over and direct what became The Last Stand. He left, and then yeah, Brett, Brett Ratner, Ratner got mm-hmm. hired at the last minute to just basically get a movie done. Yeah. And, yeah, that was that. Yeah. So... Yeah. Here's to hoping that it's at least somewhat somewhat good and that people yeah. can walk away from it uh you know feeling satisfied. Speaking of um speaking of James McAvoy 
and uh, and Samuel L. Jackson and things that mm-hmm. we hope are somewhat good. Have you noticed, and I know we don't want to put too much stock into this, but I think it is worth throwing out there. Have you noticed the early reviews on Glass, which comes out this weekend? I have not. Oh, okay. I've stepped away from it. Okay. Well, do you uh, want uh, Why? Well, because they're pretty bad. Are they really? Yeah, they sure are. You know what's interesting? So I, I, I did catch a bit of news, and it was saying that it's going to have like a record opening for for the franchise, which it, I'm sure it will. Yeah, at like a hundred and five million. Oh my god, is that what they're saying now? That's what they said. Wow, yeah. something wow. like that. But the reviews are are bad, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's right now it's at thirty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, no. which oh again, for whatever which, that's again, worth. doesn't really mean anything. Right, but... it means nothing. But but I've actually seen some reviews that are like, it's amazing how bad this thing winds up being, and that you know he doesn't stick the landing and. Whatever, and it is what it is. But but I just found that fascinating because I mean I know we were both pretty pumped for this, and um, and it would be it, I would be really disappointed if this thing turns out to be really bad after M Night Shyamalan kind of revived his career and and financially from what you're telling me it sounds like it's probably not going to matter, um, but it would be it would be kind of disappointing if uh, if he doesn't stick the landing on this one. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I wonder what happens. I'm sure he'll bounce back. Well, if know. it makes a ton of money, I guess it doesn't really matter, as we've seen, right. right, with things like Venom and whatnot. But, yeah. Yeah. That, that's 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 uh, that's disappointing. Um, it, it's kind of funny because it was one of those films where I was like, I absolutely got to get to the theater. I got to see this. And, uh, yeah, that, that candlelight has kind of gone out. I'm not feverish about it no i'm not either and i don't know how that happened and that has nothing to do with the reviews either for me i just kind of i i forgot almost that it's coming out already like even though i've been talking about it for a while yeah i don't you know and i think the other thing too is the there isn't really much uh by way of the trailers right that's exciting um you know you, you certainly can pull that, um, you know, Elias is going to release the, um, the beast Mm -hmm. and he's going to pit him against David. (laughs) Right. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sure. Every movie needs a conflict, I guess. Well, Uh, yeah. I mean, that's what, what else, what else is at stake here? Right. Nothing. Well, we, I mean, maybe, hopefully there's something, um, I, you know, I mean, they don't necessarily have to give you the whole plot, like that dog movie where they gave you the whole plot of the movie. The whole movie you basically saw in the trailer. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't think we need that, but yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows what yeah. their conflict is? I mean, we know that his whole thing was trying to basically create, right, like a comic book, you know, how to show that, like, you know, life is like a comic book kind of. Right. But yeah, I, you might have to give me a little bit more than that. Right, 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 exactly. And, you know, it's, it's fine. <laughs> I, 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 if it does well, great. Um, and uh, hopefully the reviewers are wrong. Right, yeah, which they, you know, could be. Yeah, before. I mean, uh, I mean, that, that 2018 was the, it was the year of the, uh, of the sort of uh, reviewer, like the lack of, concern around reviewer yeah well or or the fact that it never really was much of a thing which we've talked about a lot and it just we just focus a lot more on that stuff lately but i mean we've seen movies like bohemian rhapsody become like the lowest uh rate reviewed the worst reviewed movie to win like a best picture at the Golden Globes. crazy yeah i mean you've seen movie like venom overperform at the box office um, you know, you saw a movie like even like Aquaman, which you know, again, it, it those were the reviews for that and and Bohemian Rhapsody were like kind of in the same ballpark. I mean, they were positive, but not overwhelmingly positive. Mm-hmm. And you know, obviously, it makes a, a fortune at the box office. So yeah, I mean, I think in general, the key is just you know get people people pumped up to see a movie. Um, sure, word of mouth can help, but you know, word of mouth is you don't really know what that's going to be like until people actually go see the thing. Right. So that's right. hard to gauge. Um, well, yeah. So hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully Glass uh, 
class does well. Yeah, and, so uh, it's sitting at 41%. Oh, so it's right rising a little, but it's not looking like it's going to be mm, no. fresh. It's not, you know. Certainly not certified fresh. No. At all. Uh, okay. So that was that. So let's, uh, I guess let's get into some questions here. Um, so Ron Diesel, uh, he says, is it time for sites, bloggers, etc., to admit that Mary Poppins Returns is a flop? So <laughs> Mary Poppins Returns is a flop. There is no other way to look at it. It's a gigantic flop. Uh, and, but I don't really know. I mean, does it matter uh, if no, sites think, and bloggers or know. whatever admit that? Cause I don't, I mean, yeah, I get where some of that's coming from because there were those pre-release, uh, you know, estimates that said that this thing was going to make a ton of money and it was going to make more money than Aquaman. And I'm assuming that's where that question sort of comes from. Cause yeah. obviously that has not happened. Um, but I don't really know that it's that big a deal that people need to sit there and say, oh, Mary Poppins Turns is a flop. Yeah, it is. It's a flop. Um, yeah. And it's the second flop. I mean, Disney had an interesting year this last year because, you know, as huge as they were, like I, I said earlier, they made $4 billion on three Marvel films. They also had two flops with Solo and with Mary Poppins Returns. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, they're not perfect. Um, but they, you know, they still make a ton of money, but yeah, I don't, I don't really know that anybody is obligated to, I'm sure people will talk about it, but right now the story is that Aquaman is making a ton of money. So I don't, I, I don't think that it really matters to focus on the fact that Mary Poppins Returns is doing abysmal business. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, uh, so I was one of those, I thought, I certainly thought that, <laughs> That she, that uh, Mary Poppins was going to steal the show, and it didn't. So, I'll, I I've eaten some socks before. I'll I'll eat it again. Um, that being said, I mean it's made its money back in terms of budget. Now it's not a well, not uh, I mean not necessarily because it if you factor in marketing and stuff, right? If, but yeah, I mean, would you would do you imagine that it, it they spend quite a lot of money? Well, in marketing, it, I mean, it, it really. It was a hundred. The budget production budget was a hundred thirty million. It's it's at like two hundred eighty eight million worldwide right now, um, mm -hmm. which is barely breaking even at that point. So you got to figure even. I mean, it it there was marketing involved, right? So right. there's always is, and it, yeah, I mean, I think this is. I mean, it, look, it's a disaster to me. It's a flop. It's a gigantic flop, and I, I always look at four hundred million dollars as the thing that's like yeah if your movie gets to 400 million you know and your budget's around 100 million that's when you can start saying well yeah all right it wasn't really that big a hit but mm. it's not that bad yeah this thing's not getting there yeah it's not, it'd be lucky it's no. not getting to 400 million it's barely gonna get over 300 million probably um which is you know so yeah i mean it's uh and it was supposed to do. This was a movie that was predicted to do three hundred million domestic, <laughs> and right. it'd be lucky if it gets to three hundred million worldwide. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it was not. A, and I, I mean, we talked about it on the show. I mean, I, I was wondering what the audience was going to be for this, you know, because it's, it was going to be a heavy nostalgia crowd. But you know, like I said, like I don't know if that audience, the audience that that movie was targeted for, cared about nostalgia that much. Right. You know, and I don't know that young people really cared much about Mary Poppins. It's not that iconic a character. Um, you know, I, I would have, and obviously it proved that. I mean, I think younger people, even younger, you know, girls would probably be more likely to want to go see Aquaman than Mary oh, Poppins yeah, Return. Jason Momoa. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. Okay. Like a moment. That's fine. Um, yeah. No, but, and I mean, yeah. and and then you've got Aquaman for sure. That's just been gobbling up all the sure. And you know, Bumblebee oh. too. Like Bumblebee is not a, a huge hit, but it's it's actually doing. It's held up pretty well. And yeah, it's I'm, like what three three hundred thirty seven. Yeah, and I'm assuming that that movie is going to take some of that audience away as well. But so that's the thing. Like, forget about Mary Poppins versus Aquaman for a second. You know, Mary Poppins is not going to outgross Bumblebee. 
So of all of those right. three movies, if you you know when we kept talking about that big weekend and what was going to happen, Mary Poppins is the big loser of that weekend by far. Yeah, and you, the interesting thing is, I mean, I know I know every you know we're all praising Aquaman because it finally hit you know the first DC film that hit a billion dollars. DCU so film, yeah. DCU film that hit a million a billion dollars. So kudos to it there, but you know domestically, two eighty nine. Is where it sits right now, yeah. and you know, um, Bumblebee is what one 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 oh nine, something like that. Maybe yeah. so. So it's it's interesting because domestically, it seems like audiences were kind of like all over the place. Um, and and you know, Aquaman surely is the clear winner, but um, you know, uh, there were a, there were a lot of other movies to see. Yeah, and you know, people were kind of placing their bets in a bunch of different buckets when it comes to the domestic box office success. It, so. Yeah, it's it's ironic actually because I was thinking about this the other day, um, and this is obviously not related to that question at all. But just to get off on a tangent, um, Aquaman is actually playing very similarly to a Fast and the Furious movie, which is ironic because mm. James Wan made a Fast and the Furious movie. <laughs> Uh, you know, where it's it's doing very well domestically, but like the the overseas numbers are far outpacing right. the domestic numbers. And the Fast and the Furious movies historic well, not historically, since yeah. the kind of resurgence of that series, since Fast Five when it became a whole different thing. Uh like if you look at the domestic versus like foreign numbers, it's they're night and day. And especially like in China and China has come out huge for Aquaman. So it's, it's ironic that for whatever reason, that movie is playing at the box office very much like a fast and the furious movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what that means. It might mean absolutely nothing, but it's just an observation that I had. And it, part of it was because of the whole James Wan thing. Since he was involved in that series, it struck a nerve with me and I was like, wow, that's really interesting. So, yeah, the interesting thing about, um, and it's something I've noticed recently is the production companies that are attached to some of these films that are doing crazy numbers in in uh, in China. So Venom, for example, um, Venom put like six, almost close to six hundred and fifty million dollars in international markets, uh-huh. specifically around China. The stu- one of the studios that produced venom is tencent studios tencent is a is a like a multi-billion dollar conglomerate in china Mm. so the their name has kind of been attached to a couple of films i don't remember specifically if if aquaman is is in the similar boat but there have been some of these weird anomaly films where like the budgets, you know, the the I mean, budgets. I'm sorry. The box office is crazy in China. There's a correlation to the to the production um, film, like the I'm, I'm sorry, production film, the production company hmm. that's attached to that to the film. Yeah, you're getting into like deep cuts now. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's kind of, it's 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 interesting to me because and actually, Fast and Furious is another one of those films. Yeah, that has some sort of affiliate like to Alibaba films or Alibaba pictures or something like that. That's another major Chinese company. So I I think, you know, um, where we, for example, are like, why would they make a sequel of this film? You know, like Pacific Rim or something like that. Well, it's killing it over in, in China. Yeah. You know, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, those Michael Bay films. Horrible here. But over there, it, you know, it's it's. It did well, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean... It was greenlit for a sequel, but that was another situation where you had a Chinese production studio tied to to the release of the film. Yeah. So, it's it's really interesting. Um, I'm going to have to... I'll do some more research on that if people are interested, um, specifically about Aquaman, because... I kind of feel like there was something there, but I could be totally making it up. Um, But I know for sure... Uh, Venom Venom was a ten cent uh, film, <clears throat> for sure. Yeah, well, it makes sense. I mean, it, when you can crank two hundred fifty to almost three hundred million dollars out of just China alone, who cares what the movie does here? Almost, you know what I mean. Like anything it does after that is is excellent. 
you know. So if you can just get those two markets, U.S. and China, then after that, you just hope for the best. Yeah. Oh, here it is. I got it right now. So, okay. Uh, Warcraft. Um, I'm going to take it all the way back. This is this is Tencent Pictures. Um, again, I think I think that movie grossly underperformed here, but yes. made probably made some yeah, uh, yeah worldwide they made for four hundred thirty three million. Kong, Skull Island, uh, made money and uh, actually made more money here. China is a little a little different. Uh, Wonder Woman. Wonder uh, Woman didn't do gigantic numbers because it only did like four hundred million uh, overseas. Yeah, it only did ninety million. But Venom, the example. Um, yeah, it was what two seventy or something. Yeah, uh, Bumblebee. Uh, the upcoming Terminator Six movie hmm. is uh, is under that, and Top Gun, Maverick. Oh boy. It's it's interesting, yeah. You know, it's like some of the and this is gonna sound really bad, but some of the films where I think here we're like, why are we ma- why are they making another sequel to this? Well, yeah, I mean, there's always you, you know you what know. I'm saying. It's yeah. Like, oh, okay, so we're gonna do a Top Gun movie. Oh, we're gonna do another Terminator movie. It's like because oh, maybe over there, audiences are clamoring for it. So, you know, the priority market sure. isn't necessarily the u.s like we think i get it yeah mm. so ron had a second question he says does spider-man far from home have spider senses and i'm going to assume he means that in the literal term uh whereas like because there wasn't spider sense in the in homecoming he was using mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. tech like the tony stark tech which kind of replaced Spider sense, and I, I don't really know the answer. To that. I mean, have you heard anything about that as far as whether there's going to be Spidey sense? And I'd imagine so. I mean, it's in Infinity War, right? Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure he's got it. Okay, so I hope he does. I'm going to do this one now, uh, for you because uh, JRB. He's now this is feeding off of something that we discussed on the Revengers podcast this week where you had mentioned when we were talking about Star Wars and we talked about episode nine, you said that you thought Obi-Wan is the secret sauce for episode nine success. And uh, he says Vader is not Anakin, but Vader. And he wanted you to elaborate on that. And, uh, you know, he mentioned how I, I talked about how, you know, I, Vader was a huge part of the marketing for Rogue One and why I thought that movie was such mm-hmm. a success. So go for it as far as uh, explaining your Obi-Wan yeah. thought. So I don't I don't disagree with that. I mean, I think anything that calls back on Vader, on Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, Luke Skywalker, any of those characters, any anything from the original trilogy I think is going to get um some attention right and and people are going to get excited about it the reason why i call out obi-wan specifically now vader i think for better or worse his presence is is ominous whether he's on the screen or not right and when you think about kylo ren and his connection to to vader and calling you know sort of like invoking the spirit of his grandfather you know vader at least in the force awakens is very much present uh, in that film. And then, you know, I do think for Kylo Ren in the last Jedi, he is aspiring to be, you know, uh, on par, if not better than his, his grandfather. And, and, uh, you know, uh, Snoke knows that that's a, that's a sore spot. So he kind of twists at it. So do I think, you know, we're going to get, could we get a Vader, um, cameo in, uh, episode nine. Yeah, maybe, uh, you know, our good friend, Nathan Odinson, um, uh, has a really great theory about, you know, him appearing, uh, through a, a holocron that, that Kylo Ren has and sort of is, is taking from and learning from. And I, I think that's a really cool and unique way of, of inserting the character into the new franchise. Obi-Wan on the other hand, I think, so many people want to see Ewan McGregor step into the, step back into the role of of 
of good old Ben. And, um, you know, I think one of the things that we haven't really seen outside of Bail Organa popping up in Rogue One is the sort of callback to the prequels, which for better or worse has a sort of love-hate relationship with fans. I think that the hate has kind of softened a bit and there's an, a general appreciation for those films. Mm, and I think yeah. I think people will you go do? crazy for... Well, you think there's a general appreciation for those films now? I just it, think it's more the fact that I think, because we have The Force Awakens now and The Last Jedi, like people have been able to kind of put it they reconcile way because it's it's not something that like it's like oh well you know these are the Star Wars films that we have like they can almost like yeah put it past they put them on the shelf and go yeah this was this was the first attempt at you know a new trilogy and here's what we have now yeah plus the 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 polarization of the Last Jedi reaction has (laughs) I think has gotten people to forget Attack of the Clones say. Right, you know, like if that movie right. had come out now, God, with you know with I mean? Twitter and, oh, and all of that, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but that being said, I mean, I think I think Obi Wan Kenobi, um, would make the most sense because we've already heard him through Force Ghost, right? Uh, you know, through Ray's little vision, and to kind of bring it all full circle, like I said on um the Revengers podcast. It'd be nice to see Rey keeping her own sort of ghost Jedi council and kind of learning from Yoda here and pulling from Ben there with Luke there and and obviously Anakin. Um, So, you know, it'd be nice to kind of, you know, complete the circle, so to speak. You know, we've got the old old trilogy folks involved and they've been very present in this new trilogy. It'd be nice to kind of pull from um, the prequels. And bring those to life, and and you and McGregor would be the best fit for that. Uh, you know, suffice to say, I do think you know Vader obviously is everyone loves him, but you're not going to see Vader the way we saw Vader no, in Rogue One. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So um, I hope that answers your question. Um, I could talk about this all day, but you know we're kind of running out of time here. So sure. um, if you have any other questions, definitely get back at me on on Twitter. All right, so we're going to end with... Uh, so Tavo uh, sent me a question specifically. And it's not something that we really ever talk about on this show, but I'm going to we should answer his question here. He says, How excited am I for AEW, especially after signing Chris Jericho on a potential TV deal? So now for those of you who don't know, because if you're not wrestling fans, AEW is all elite wrestling. And to give you a little bit of the backstory on this... Uh, so there is so much backstory on this. So there is a, there was a faction of wrestlers, the Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega in New Japan Pro Wrestling that called themselves the Elite. They started out as the Bullet Club, then they evolved into the Elite. And Kenny and uh, the Young Bucks and Cody went off on their own and promoted a show which was essentially an independent wrestling show. They did have some help from Ring of Honor, but called All In, and that took place last year. And it drew over 10,000 fans in Chicago, and it sold out actually in 30 minutes. So it was like the most successful independent wrestling show ever in this country. And because of that, it got the juices flowing, and it led to people taking notice and they now have started a wrestling promotion which is going to be owned by the Khan family who own the Jacksonville Jaguars in the NFL. These people are worth like $6.5 billion. And Tony Khan, who's the son who grew up a big wrestling fan, is the guy who's going to basically be kind of in charge of this promotion. And Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks are going to be executive vice presidents. And they're going to be running like the creative end of it. And uh, to answer Tavo's question, I'm very excited about this. I don't know what it's ultimately going to lead to. I don't know what it's ultimately going to become. But this has me more excited about anything in professional wrestling in a very, very long time. And the biggest reason is because it is about time that there is some serious competition to WWE, uh, which I do not watch any longer. And it is also great for wrestlers. 
the wrestlers now that are free agents have an opportunity to sign full-time contracts with a number of promotions to allow them to become full-time wrestlers for the first time in a very long time. You have Ring of Honor, you have AEW, you have Impact Wrestling for as long as that lasts, and you have WWE and all of these companies, and New Japan Pro Wrestling actually, and they're, all of these companies are now fighting for talent. And they're signing up these guys left and right to actual contracts where they can make full-time livings as pro wrestlers. That is good for the business. That means you'll be able to get better talent. Talent will People will want to become pro wrestlers, and that's ultimately going to be better for the fans, even though the talent is going to be a little bit more spread out. So I'm very excited for AEW. Um, I hope it works out. They're going to have their next pay-per-view. Their next big show is called All In 2, Double or Nothing. It's May 25th in Las Vegas. And uh, and they're going to take it from there. They did, you know, Chris Jericho was their quote-unquote big signing. Uh, that was the guy that they trotted out there at their um, their first press conference to be like their main event guy. Uh, you know, it's great that a guy like that decides, you know, hey, screw WWE, I, I have the opportunity, you know, I've been there, done that, let me see what I could do with this new promotion, um, I, I do think Kenny Omega is going to wind up there as well, uh, eventually, once his contract is up with New Japan at the end of the month, so that'll be great for them, and, and you know, I wish them all the best, I, I think it's an inspiring story, you know, Cody, betting on himself by leaving WWE and asking for his release because he was, you know, basically doing nothing there except being a mid-carter. And, uh, and you know, it's a heck of a story. And, uh, you know, the Young Bucks, I mean, these guys basically were starving at one point. And, you know, Matt Jackson tells a story about how he, he basically had to borrow four bucks to buy, like, Popeyes at an airport because he, he didn't have any money. And they turned themselves into, like, a marketing empire. Uh, their merchandise, the Bullet Club merchandise, the Elite merchandise, the Young Bucks merchandise, I mean, they were making, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year just on that as independent pro wrestlers. So it's an inspiring story for people who want to bet on themselves and fight for their happiness and, and believe in their dreams and go for it. I don't I don't see how any of that is a negative. Um, you know, as for the TV deal, we'll see. I know that I've heard that there are a lot of, uh, there's some major networks, uh, cable networks that are in the hunt for this. So we'll see where they ultimately wind up. That's going to be the make or break for this. If they get a deal on TNT or TBS, which is one of the rumors, uh, that'll be a very big thing. And, uh, you know, and I think next year or by the end of this year, that's going to be the telling sign. If they have a TV deal in place, if they've run some successful shows, and if they can start to get some guys that decide to leave WWE because they're unhappy with their position to go there, well, now you gotta now you have a wrestling war again, and that's something that we need. So yeah, I'm all no pun intended. I'm all in on AEW. Uh, so that's that. Cool. Well. Yeah. How do you oh, feel I, about I just that? Learned, I just learned a lot right there. <laughs> there you go. Um, so one question on that, though. I mean, for yeah. – I know uh, Chris Jericho, uh, like, way, way back. You know, is it much of an appeal for someone his age to kind of, you know, sign and kind of – wasn't he retired? Didn't no, he retire? so that's the thing. So obviously Chris Jericho went through a kind of a career renaissance. So he came back to WWE – like on a part-time basis and was, right. was really great. And then he actually went to new Japan pro wrestling. And that's where he's mm. kind of been focused for the last, you know, couple of years as a, gotcha. you know, part-timer, but part-time guy at the top of the card. And he's really reinvented himself, uh, in the ring persona wise. So he's just as viable now as he was years ago. So it's not like they just like took him out of mothballs and said, here's some guy you haven't seen for like five, six years. Uh, like for right. the hardcore wrestling fans, that name really still means something. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, because he has his band, that's his primary focus right, now. Right. So like that's and they're doing, you know, Fozzie's doing really well now. So that helps. Um, there's a synergy there. Uh, he actually ran a cruise last year. Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager, right, uh, right. which was kind of a big deal, too, which was also one of the things that helped lead to this 
AEW deal. So yeah, I mean, he he's a name. He's not just like some guy that they're taking for no reason. I mean, he's still a very a kind of a hot commodity. In fact, New Japan Pro Wrestling is still hoping to use him um, because he's been so successful for them. Uh, and so, yeah, no, that's, uh, that, that was a, a good deal for them because WWE was desperately trying to get him back and they were negotiating, I think until the very end, until he walked out on, uh, on the stage at that, uh, rally they had in Jacksonville. So yeah, no, that's a, that's a bigger deal than it might seem, um, to somebody that kind of has been out of the loop a little bit. Um, so yeah, so we'll see. Cool. So it's exciting. And uh, we'll see, Tavo. We'll be following that, you and I, uh, going forward. Very cool. Yep. And that's that. Yeah. Then it's um, the uh, wrestling I think we, I think we should do a, uh, a wrestling uh, episode at some point. Maybe yeah, we'll we Vanessa may have to. Vanessa was on that, uh, that cruise. Yes, she was. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah, I have a few be, people, uh, and uh, I got my... Uh, I got my friend Paul, Paul Crockett, who does the Foreign Aces podcast, which is a new Japan pro wrestling focused podcast. So he could definitely come on, talk about AEW a lot, actually. Uh, so, yeah, maybe we'll do a wrestling episode at one point. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Should we uh, let's do our plugs and uh, close the shore? Close the shore. <laughs> let's close the shore down. Let's close. I was going to say show and then door. <laughs> Close the door to the garage and yeah. the show. There we go. All of it. <laughs> uh, all right. I uh, got to kick it off. So you can go to thefanboygarage.com. Uh, that's where you can check out our episode archive, listen to the latest episode, buy some merch, uh, shop through our Amazon Associates link. Uh, of course, uh, you could also send us an email through there if you're not on Twitter or social media. Um. Go there. And, of course, if you do want to join the conversation on Twitter, you can uh, follow me at RealCLMighty. And you can find me at Starting Sith, And uh, you can also follow the show on Twitter at the Fanboy Garage, uh, both on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, and, of course, we are part of the Revenge of the Fans podcast network. So if you listen to... Any other any of the other shows, such as the Revengers podcast, the Fanboy podcast, and the Play Loudcast, um, you can uh, either find us through there, <laughs> hopefully, and um, yeah, be on be on the lookout for a whole bunch of new content because I know there's uh, yeah. some other shows that'll be joining the network, and um, and new things uh, will be coming uh, in the short term to Revenge of the Fans. Yeah, which is, as we said in the beginning of the show, celebrating its one-year anniversary, uh, which is very exciting, and yeah. uh, we're really we're everyone's excited about that. So it's a big deal. Yep. Very cool. All right, guys. Hey, so we're gonna close the well, shore. Thanks. You close the shore. Thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll catch you guys next week. All right.